0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore. A new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to Viori.com slash NPR.
1: Today on State of the World, what it's like to be a Palestinian living in Israel right now. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories, up close where they're happening. It's Tuesday, November 21st. I'm Greg Dixon. In a few minutes, evacuating premature babies from Gaza. But first, one-fifth of Israeli citizens also identify as Arab or Palestinian. For many of them, this war pits their country, Israel, against their people, the Palestinians. On top of that, many say they're facing a wave of discrimination. PR's Lauren Freyer in Tel Aviv tells us more.
2: Two years ago, Samah Abushadeh graduated from college and landed her first job as an economist at an Israeli financial services company in a big skyscraper in Tel Aviv. The first Arabs that come to this company. She was proud. She kept her head down, worked hard. She'd commute from the old Arab town of Jaffa, where her family has lived for centuries. At work, she was careful not to talk about politics and regaled her colleagues with details of her wedding planning instead.
3: Actually, all of them was my friends before the war. But when Hamas attacked
2: Israel last month and Israel began bombing Gaza in response, her colleagues stopped being friendly, she says. Many were posting grief and rage on social media. Abu Shadeh shows me a video clip she posted on Instagram. They killed many, many of them, and there was not any reason. This is from a documentary movie. yes. About an alleged massacre of Palestinians during the war over Israel's creation in 1948. The clip is from an Israeli documentary that won awards last year. She didn't offer any commentary, just posted the clip on her personal account.
3: But the next day, her boss called. Colleagues are
2: offended, he said. A letter from HR followed, which she showed me. It says the company supports freedom of expression, but that during war, there is a new line, and she crossed it. So Abishade was fired. This is all absurd. We're not talking about feelings that are hurt. We're talking about massive political persecution against Arab citizens inside of Israel. Sausan Zaher is a human rights lawyer who represents Arabs who suffer discrimination in Israel. Many have long felt like second-class citizens here, like they're seen as a fifth column whenever Israeli-Palestinian violence flares. Before this war, Zaher said she had lots of clients, and now... I have 20 times more. Every phone call is people who are being fired from their jobs or suspended from colleges and universities, but they're also being arrested and indictments are being submitted. Israeli police have issued dozens of indictments for incitement to violence and terror since this war began. One of those arrested and released in recent days is Hanin Zoabi, a former member of Israel's parliament. Do okay. you take your shoes off or keep them on? At her home in Nazareth, in northern Israel, she describes how she and five friends tried to call for a ceasefire in a public square, but were detained even before they could unfurl any protest banners.
0: We didn't have the time to hold the banners. We were on our way, and we were six people. And the police said they didn't allow us w- without banners, without anything, even to stand, to stand in the middle of Nazareth.
2: police had denied them a permit to protest. Now, Zoabi is a prominent dissident who's been arrested before. But this time, she says police were singing victory songs while booking her. The police uh, men and women hold the Israeli flag, and they were dancing in the police station. in the police station, You're dancing. This is in new, this kind of very strong sense of revenge. Hamas's ability to penetrate Israeli security, to kill and kidnap so many people on October 7th, it prompted some Israelis to ask whether militants had help from the inside and to eye their Palestinian neighbors with suspicion. Extremist settlers have increased their attacks on Palestinians in the Israeli-occupied West Bank. More than 215 people have been killed there since the war began. Palestinians inside Israel don't dare speak up, feeling like their every move is under scrutiny, Zoabi says. If you didn't open your mouth, they will start to say, your silence is suspicious. It is not enough if you shut your mouth. You should express that you agree with them, you identify with them. And even those determined not to stay silent have to tread carefully. Off a rural road in northern Israel, neighbors gather in a barn at dusk to stealthily paint peace banners.
0: We are a group of Arabic and Jewish people trying to change the situation that we are in. So we are writing that we are together, we are light in this dark.
2: Nabila Farah is a Palestinian-Israeli writing those words in Arabic. Uh, yeah, while a Jewish woman named Shear writes the same thing in Hebrew. They plan to unfurl this from a highway overpass together. Sheer wants to be an ally, but she's scared herself, and she doesn't want me to use her surname. Because I'm afraid to get arrested. I'm a Jewish person.
3: It used to be
2: just Arabs, but actually nobody's immune. What's happened in Israel since October 7? Free speech is uh, terminally ill. There are some people um, who got arrested for liking, you know, pressing like. For pressing like on social media to anything that could be construed as undermining Israel during this war. Back in Tel Aviv, the young economist who lost her job, Samah Abushadeh, is mulling a labor lawsuit. But she's scared. She asked me not to name or contact her former employer. She's worried it could hurt her prospects for a new job. And she and her fiancé have a mortgage to pay. Their wedding was supposed to be this month, but it's been delayed by the war. We're in the beautiful old Arab quarter of Jaffa, where your family has roots. And we're looking out at the skyline of Tel Aviv with the skyscrapers and all the big multinational companies and Israeli industry. Before October 7th, you were part of that world and this world. And now? It's لا not هناك.
0: Now, she says,
2: this war has made me feel like I never belonged there. Lauren Freier, NPR News, Tel Aviv.
1: We'll be back in a minute.
4: Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, an automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares Betterment's philosophy on investing. No matter the amount of money you have,
2: it's always good to be invested. It's always good to start early. It's always good to save. And the power of being consistent in your habits is
4: really the path to long-term wealth. Get started at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Bluehost. Try Bluehost Cloud, the hosting plan made for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, fast load times, and 24-7 support, your sites can handle high traffic spikes. Visit Bluehost.com.
4: This message comes from NPR sponsor Warby Parker. Their glasses start at $95, including anti-reflective scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Try five pairs of frames at home for free. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered.
1: The World Health Organization says 28 premature babies were evacuated to Egypt from Gaza on Monday. They had survived for days without incubators in Al Shifa Hospital in Gaza when the hospital lost power and was besieged by Israeli troops. Israel says Hamas uses the hospital for cover. NPR's producer in Gaza, Anas Baba, met the mother of twins as she waited by an ambulance to leave Gaza with her daughters. NPR's Ruth Sherlock tells us their story.
3: Noor al-Banna's twin daughters, Leen and Bayan, were born prematurely three days before the Israeli offensive on Gaza began. They were transferred without her to Gaza's biggest hospital, al-Shifa, and Banna tells NPR producer Anas Baba when the airstrikes began, she wasn't able to reach them. By that time, Israel had Gaza under blockade during the offensive, it says, is aimed at preventing Hamas from committing more attacks like the one on October 7th and rescue hostages. With fuel and power shortages, the hospital incubators and ventilators stopped working, and the Gaza Ministry of Health says in the days before the babies could be reached, eight died. Banna says she didn't know if her daughters were still alive. But then she recognized them in a video sent out by a nurse and she was able to reunite with them. She sat in an ambulance beside her baby girls, who were all bundled under blankets and in blue fleece hats, about to cross to Egypt. NPR producer Anna Spaba was there.
0: So she told me that this is the first time to see them. I want to hug them. I want to kiss them. I, I, I want to like truly cuddle them tightly. But I cannot, I cannot even touch them because they, uh, I do believe this is going to be like unhygienic and maybe that's going to be, give them any disease.
3: He says the most she could do was put out her finger when one of the babies raised her hand and held on to it tightly.
0: It was phenomenal, the look on her face. It just like, the mother that finally became a 100% mum with the touch of her child.
3: There were four other premature babies in the ambulance, and Banna said she will help care for them too. Only a few mothers were with the 28 babies sent to Egypt, with medics still trying to reach some of the parents or even find out if they're still alive. Ruth Sherlock, NPR News.
1: that's the State of the World from NPR, and stick with me for a quick word here. We know you value NPR's reporting from around the world, like our coverage of the war between Hamas and Israel, or our commitment to covering the war in Ukraine. Your financial support makes it possible for us to bring you those stories, because even though our journalism is freely available, it is not free to produce. So thank you for supporting us through State of the World Plus or by donating to public media. If you're listening to this and that's not yet you, Giving Tuesday, an international day of giving, is almost here. You can give at donate.npr.org or learn more about NPR Plus at plus.npr.org. Thank you for supporting us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.
2: This is my voice. It can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on the Black experience. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.
4: This message comes from NPR sponsor Acorn TV. Stream stories from around the world, from sinister suspense to charming comedies and clever crime dramas like My Life is Murder, starring Lucy Lawless. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with ETrade. No matter what kind of investor you are, their tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Now when you open an account, you can get up to $1,000 with a qualifying deposit. Terms apply. Learn more at etrade.com slash NPR. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley, Smith Barney, LLC, member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley.